We are live. Welcome to Coffee with Craner. And today I have Corey Belmore on the show, a Windsor native, two-time Royal uh, Arcanum um, athlete, elite runner with a one-mile best of 357.20. I re also received a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology from the University of Windsor. So he's a University of Windsor alumnus. And uh, what I think is extremely cool is the world record holder for the beer mile a uh, record time of 428.1. Maybe that's been uh, shortened a little bit since uh, I found the stat online, but he's the first person to run one mile and chug four beers in under four minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, so it sounds like Corey likes his beer and also likes his running. And I'm really excited today to talk about uh, really the secrets and stories of, of being a world record holder in an elite athlete in running. Corey, thanks for joining me on the show today. Yeah, Lyndon, thanks for having me. I, I've watched the show quite a few times, so it's uh, yeah, it's awesome to be on the show. And did I did I mess up any of the stats? Have things changed? Anything new with you that I missed? Uh, no, no, but hopefully that uh, that that world record time in, in two weeks' time, hopefully that goes down a little bit. So uh, you you nailed it right now, but yeah, hopefully uh, we can refresh that one in a couple of weeks. So in two weeks from now, you'll be competing again in the same in the similar race. Yeah. So uh, every year they have the Beer Mile World Classic. Uh, bringing together 16 different countries or so um, of athletes. And last year was in Belgium. They've had it in San Francisco. They've had it in Vancouver. They've had it in Berlin. So this year it's in Chicago on July 1st. So uh, I'll be spending my uh, Canada day in Chicago, chugging four beers, uh, doing four laps of the track, and uh, hopefully bettering that, that world record. Wow, that's awesome. And, and when the folks are watching this, uh, you would have ran the race. So um, I hope when those people are watching this episode right now, um, that Corey slashed that, uh, that time a little bit more and, uh, continues to make the folks in, in Windsor Essex proud. Uh, Corey, how did you start running as, uh, an elite at an elite level? How did this begin for you? Yeah. Um, like organically when I was in, I was in grade one and I, I remember my dad was taking me like, uh, he was taking me home from school and I saw like, the Harrier team or the cross country team, they were running around the school and I wasn't old enough at the time to do it. Um, but I was like, I always had an interest for like racing and running fast and like sprinting against my brother. I have a twin brother sprinting against him and my dog in the backyard. Um, so after that time I, I was always interested and I'm like, maybe one day I could like join a team like this and, and possibly like do something with it. But uh, it, it just, I just had a natural interest for it. And then grade seven, um, shortly after doing the University of Windsor track and field camp, had some great camp counselors. And then they just showed me like, I had Melissa Bishop, I knew, uh, Jamie J. Nelson. So some Olympians, Commonwealth medalists, like very elite athletes. They were my camp counselors. And um, they just showed me how fun it could be, but also like how enjoyable the, the, the comp competition could be, the travel through it. Um, and then just like, yeah, you, you meet a lot of friends and stuff through it as well. So uh a lot of opportunity through track and field. It's not a sport necessarily where you uh, you get rich or, or paid out uh, substantially, but um, I think the, the gift of travel through through sport is amazing and uh, mm -hmm. that's something track and field offered. So pursuing an elite at, uh, level, once I started like getting to high school, um, saw some success and then I always just had this drive and ambition that like maybe I could be better, maybe I could beat the best guys. Um, so I just had a long-term goal and uh, – yeah, just kept chipping away at it. So, uh, yeah, still doing it today and still loving it just as much. 
And you made a good point. Like, even though it might not be as as lucrative compared to other store sports, you do it because you love it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So, just uh, this feels like a hobby to me, it, and and that's that's how I treat it. I've done it where like in 2021, I was living in Arizona for six months, and uh, it was during COVID. Uh, I wasn't working at all. I was just training, and I think that like took away the love for it a little bit uh, when when that was my only focus. So, uh, if I can mix it in my life, still compete still uh maintain a, a few different jobs and volunteer as well um that that's when i like love it the most it feels therapeutic it feels enjoyable and uh yeah i lo- like everything it brings me and to be a good runner is it something that uh is, is through genetics making you faster being able to have that endurance or is it something that really anyone can do at an elite level um I'd say like middle distance running, which is what I participate in the most. Um, it definitely has a, a certain genetic component, but it's not as as a uh, it's not as big of a deal as like sprinting would be. Sprinting, it's either you have it or you don't. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone can do a hundred meters, and you quickly determine how how good you actually are, how much fast twitch you actually have. Uh, distance running, you 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 can if you put your mind to it and you really uh, work towards developing your engine uh you can certainly be good there obviously is a genetic component where you can your, your ceiling is only so high but uh, i think if you dedicate a few years of consistency really hard work and you're smart with your training you can you can do things that will surprise you mm-hmm. and, and speaking of training you mentioned that you're going to be competing um in a few weeks from now in uh the the, the beer mile what is the training like for that uh, so it, the funny thing is like, it's, it's funny cause the, the articles and stuff you see online are mostly to do with like me being a beer miler, me participating in these events. So a lot of people will see me as like Corey, the beer runner, the beer miler. Um, uh, honestly, I, I do not train for these events, uh, like whatsoever. Um, I, I get in the best run shape I possibly can. Uh, my focus is being the best athlete I can be. And then honestly, I, I happen to have a very strong stomach. Uh, I don't know if it's from years of having a big dinner and then going to practice or doing a workout after and, and like, it doesn't really affect me that that extra weight or, or that extra fullness, um, mm-hmm. but it's mostly about like getting in the best shape I can. And then, uh, just praying to the, the stomach gods that my uh, stomach doesn't reject, uh, the alcohol and carbonation on race day. Yes. And what's, what does the training look like for you? Like, without giving away all your secrets, obviously, but, uh, you know, are you training every day, you get up at eight o'clock and you're, you're at the track. How does that work? Yeah. Uh, so most track athletes still like, they stick to one thing that they, they, they do a lot of running. They do a little bit of strength training in the weight room. Um, uh, and then other than that, they're, they're mostly f- focusing singularly on that sport. Um, I do a lot of cross training. I grew up, uh, swimming in high school competitively, so I still swim like three to four times a week. I, I cycle uh, two times a week. Um, I run usually about eight to nine times a week. So some of those days will be double runs. Um, but every day I'm at least wow. doing uh, two workouts. So yeah, early mornings, some late nights, and then uh, yeah, trying to fit it in with uh, with work and everything else. But I like to do a variety of things. Like I find if I'm balanced in all aspects, whether it's light mm-hmm. or training, I like to do like hills weight training i jump in the pool jump on the bike um generally i do about three hard run workouts a week um so one of those will be on the track more faster stuff say uh 
300 meter repeats, 400 meter repeats at a fast pace. Um, the other day will be like a longer steady state. So it's like 5k warm up, um, five to eight kilometers, very hard effort. And then 5k cool down. And then the other day will be usually some hill repeats. So go to Malden Hill, do eight up and down to the hill, um, find a shorter hill, do yikes, horse <laughs> and then, uh, and then jog home. So that's a uh, steep hill. Yes, for sure. It is. Is that, a, is that where people can find you during the week? Just running up and down there? Yeah, up and down there. I, I like to run by the waterfront in Windsor too. Um, so yeah, Malden, you'll find me there once a week, usually at least. Okay. Well, make sure you get out your out of your way because I know it's a, it's a steep hill uh, and I can barely, I can barely walk up it. So I don't know how you're running up it. <laughs> um, and just fast forwarding a little bit to um, breaking records and uh, that is brought you a lot of uh, attention as well what was that moment like when you realized that you you did break the record for uh the fastest beer mile uh yeah so i'll, I'll bring you back like in university um i had the team after the season wanted to do a beer mile so it was like end of our competitive season we did this beer mile on a, what they call a binge week so it's outside of competitive uh training mm-hmm. and it's before indoor track season starts so we went to a track, did it. Um, and at that time, it was like teams would compare times and stuff at meets and stuff like that. But there was no real scene to it. There was no competitions. It was all underground. Uh, and then I believe the year after, uh, Lewis Kent, he broke the world record. And then there started becoming like more like world championship style races. Um, so after that time, I saw him break the world record. I knew what my time was the first time I did it. And I was like, Maybe I could break that one day. Like I didn't. What was the difference in the times? So I was, uh, I believe my first one ever was five thirty-three, um, and then Lewis, his first one ever was five twenty-something, and he broke the world record going like five five minutes and I think it was like five oh one or something like that. Um, so thirty seconds, but the first one was, it felt it felt easy as, as weird as it sounds. Um, so I didn't revisit for two years, but I saw like these competitions start happening. I, I seen him go on Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres show. Um, so he was a world record holder on that show. And um, I was like, maybe one day I could like just challenge us just to see, like, I didn't, I didn't have any ambition to like really make it a thing, but it was just like, just for myself, just to see if I could do it. So um, coincidentally, like Lewis's best friend is one of my best friends. And he came over one day with a six pack. He's like, I've seen you chug. I know you can run. We're going to the track right now. So um, myself, my twin brother, him went to the track and uh, filmed it on his iPad. It's on YouTube still. And uh, yeah, I was sick for the race. Like I was coughing up blood before. I was not feeling myself, but I think I bettered the world record by uh, over 30 seconds, eight, eight seconds at the time. So it was a uh, 439 I went there um so that was my my second time ever doing it and then Lewis's world record at that time was uh like 450 I believe at that time mm-hmm. uh, so yeah it, so it, you've it, just been like neck and neck yes essentially and then uh literally so we taped that video we posted on YouTube and the timing worked out weird so there was a world classic in England that weekend so I did the beer mile on the Thursday woke up the next morning to all these messages, got on a pl- plane that night, flew to England for the race the next day, and then raced and came home. So it was like a 50-something hour trip. But like the timing, I didn't do the beer mile to like go to this event. I didn't even know about it. 
but it just happened to work out that like did the beer mile, went to this event, bettered the world record there, and then the beer mile scene for me sort of uh yeah just kept roller coastering. And I mean, to it's four beers, right? Yeah, so you start with a beer. I'll I'll just explain it really quick. So you start back nine meters back from a traditional start line on the track. Um, so a mile is sixteen hundred nine meters. So you they say runners take your mark, chug. You chug your beer within those nine meters. You can't leave that zone until you're done it. Um, beer has to be 5% alcohol and then 355 milliliters. Once you finish your beer, you put it in a basket. There's always volunteers there to make sure your beer is upright so they can check how much you have left at the end. Um, and then you do a lap of the track, grab your beer again, stay in the chug zone, chug, do a lap, grab your beer, chug zone, do a lap, grab your beer, do the last lap. So, um, Four beers, four laps the track. A lot of beer. So, yeah. How, how quickly do you have to, to chug it each time? Uh, every beer is probably about, uh, I'm running about a four minute mile uh, during during the beer mile. Uh, so I'm chugging, my chugging time is roughly 28 seconds for four beers. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, and I mean, you just running like a four minute mile to begin with is, <laughs> is insane. <laughs> but adding, four beers on top of it is um even crazier so that's uh that's awesome and how i i want to talk a little bit more about training because i think this relates a lot into uh life as well training for really anything even if it's in a business or uh those that are in university or college how do you stay mentally resilient during uh both your training and your competitions because like you said it, it can be nervous up to that point there's things that happen uh, physically up until race day. Um, how do you stay mentally focused? Yeah, uh, the biggest thing for me, like in university, I had a great coach, Dennis Farrell, um, who was like a legendary coach in Windsor, uh, brought the university program to a very high level. Um, but he taught me always, if you have a bad race, if you have a bad day in life, uh, you, you give yourself a certain amount of time. So usually after a bad race, I'd give myself an hour um uh, i could i could be sad about it i could be mad about it i could be disappointed i could go be on my own and think about it uh, but after that hour you you pick your socks up and you, you you be a good teammate you be a good friend uh you forget about that race and and you do you, you take the next next steps to be better the next time you come around so uh short-term memory was the biggest thing for me that helped i think uh, so you, you you just have to learn how to deal with adversity adversity will test your character but at the end of the day it also it makes you a stronger person so mm -hmm. learning to deal with that and accept it and and learn from it is, is a huge thing you know I, I really like that focus you you take that hour and just <laughs> relax a little and then after that it's it's back to full throttle and um you know continuing to be focused towards whatever that goal might be um just a fun question for you. Are there any like rituals or specific routines that you have before race day? I know you have one coming up. Uh, do you wear your socks inside out? Do you do something uh, out of the norm? Uh, that, that's a very good question. Uh, I used to be really structured and strict about like, I have to have like pasta. It, it was just the typical runner thing. I have to have pasta before my race. And I think I, I was in grade nine. And for whatever reason, we got to a meet late. Um, restaurants were closed. There's only fast food places that were open at the time and I couldn't get my pasta that day. So like 
it, it set me back a bit. It messed with my mind. And after that point, like I had, a, I had a good race the next day, but after that point, it was like, forget about anything you're you're eating. Just make sure you're fueling, make sure you're eating good food, obviously. But like the ritual sort of went out the window um, in terms of the night before the day of, I'll make sure I do a shakeout the morning of the race. Um, so usually that I'll go for like a walk or go for a three kilometer run or something super easy. And then usually my warm up from hour before the race to the actual race, it remains pretty much identical. So I'll do 20 minutes of running. I'll do the same sort of drills every time. Um, I actually don't listen to any music anymore. Um, it, it, I, I got into trouble. I used to uh, listen to some pretty hardcore, like explicit rap that would get me super hyped up. And I got to the start line a few times and like my heart was pounding so hard before I even started the race that like I had to back off the music um, just because you don't want to be up here when you're already going to get there very quick within 30 seconds of the race. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I usually keep it pretty chill, but my hour outside of the race to the hour inside the race, um, that's when I usually keep it really structured, really similar. So see, okay. That makes sense. And uh, you'll, you actually train the day of. Yeah, so uh, I know it sounds sounds funny and sounds weird, but uh, yeah, usually say we have a race at uh, one in the afternoon, about uh, five to six hours before the race. I'll just do get up, get the body rolling a bit, uh, get the blood flowing, and just do a little light shakeout. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm used to doing like doubles as it is, like double runs, double workouts. So um, my body's used to it as it is, and and that's still pretty light and just gets the body awake. Mm -hmm. No, it's uh it's very interesting. Everyone has those habits or the things that they do before uh, something big in their life comes up. No mm -hmm. doubt. Um, we talked a, a little bit about, uh, training, training day, um, rituals. I, I want to know, uh, moving forward a bit, what advice would you give to someone, uh, that's looking to achieve the level of success in running that you have? And, uh, you know, where, do, where do they start? What would be your advice to them? Yeah, uh, I think I think set yourself up with some long term goals that you want to hit. Um, so like in, in high school, my coach, he's like, there, there's a lot of athletes that, that definitely train very, very, very hard in, in high school. And I certainly trained hard, but the goal was always to be it was always for long term developments. So my high school coach said, do you want to be really good now or do you want to like be good now, but also like set yourself up to be really good in the future? Mm -hmm. So I bought into like a little bit of like under training slightly in high school, just so my body was, was still fresh towards university. Um, but I think the biggest thing is like, yeah, set some goals, um, like stick with it. Like you're not going to see progress year after year all the time. You're going to see some plateaus. You're going to have some injuries. You're going to see some downfalls. Uh, so learning to like get through those times and still see out your long-term goal is huge. And then keeping the process as, as fun as possible. So, uh, Surrounding yourself with people that keep the sport fun, um, in environments that keep it fun, um, and, and then making ways like, if you don't like morning runs, either find ways to make it fun or do your runs in the afternoon and, and set your life up to do it that way. So, um, you don't want the sport to feel like a chore. So, it, once it starts feeling like a chore, find ways to either take a step back and make it fun, or if it's not fun anymore in any aspect, find something else. That's okay. And are you morning or? Uh afternoon or evening runner uh 
I think a little bit of everything right now. I think I prefer, I would say, like afternoon once my body's a little more. Awake. Well, you're running twice a day, so I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I have to. I have to learn to 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 deal with the morning runs and like them in some aspect or another. Yeah, and it's a part, like you said, like trying to make it fun. Um, you've obviously dialed back on the heavy metal uh, uh, rap or or whatever type of music you're listening to. So um, it's you in the pavement, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So. I, I will say for. Uh, Winter winter is definitely the toughest time to to be a runner. Um, so when the snow hits and, and you have to bundle up with three or four different layers of clothing to just to get up for a run, that's what makes it tough. So uh, I, I I think living in Canada and, and during those cold winter months of, of running, that makes you such a, a tough and, and mentally tough and physically tough runner. No doubt, no doubt. Um, awesome. What's uh you know you got uh, a race coming up. Uh, what else is next for you? What are you looking forward to yeah, so besides actually, the race? Actually, uh, in two days' time, uh, on Saturday, there's a it's a world-level like bronze meet here in Windsor. So, uh, oh, awesome. It's a high-level meet. We have some uh, Olympians coming in from the U.S., um, so it should be highly competitive. And, uh, yeah, I'll do that race, and then uh, it'll be my tune-up, I guess, for, for the beer mile a week later. And then um, sort of there's three weeks' time before – Canadian nationals, which are in Langley, BC. Uh, so I'll probably get in a race, maybe two races before that time. Um, but yeah, sort of focus on these two and then see what comes after that. Awesome. I I'm excited for you and, and those that are watching, uh, he would have r- ran the race for recording this in uh, June, um, but airing it live today. So make sure that, uh, you, you go to, uh, Corey's page and, and give him some love. And, uh, Corey, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, to talk about running, to talk about uh, how you train, what you've learned from running, and how uh, young athletes can be in your position in the future. So I really appreciate your advice and taking time to be here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lyndon. And uh, yeah, keep up the great work in the community. Uh, keep keep doing the great things you're doing for Amherstburg. And uh, yeah, really like talking to you. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch soon again. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Catch the full episode on coffeewithcraner.com. We'll see you soon.